Hello, lovely listeners. Rebecca and Jen here to serve you up another double, double dose of reality. We're back for week nine? Ten. Week ten. ten. Well, it's our tenth episode. Week nine, technically. But it's week nine. We made it to number ten. We did. We did. Oh, my God. And we have a hundred listens on our podcast. Thanks, Woo-hoo. Mom. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Thank your mom. Thank my mom. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, all the moms. Shout out to moms. <laughs> But seriously, thank you to all who at least started to to listen to us, even we, if you didn't make it all the way through. We appreciate you. So we've made it to Fantasy Sweet Week, what we drank today. Okay, so we drank... Mango kombucha. Jen's not a kombucha person. You added mango juice to it. I Left did. over from Margarita Week last week. Yeah. Maybe next week. I think for the finale, we should get something fancy. Sure, Yeah. If you have any suggestions, DM us, comment us at know. the Bath Podcast on Instagram. Reminder that we uh, this is still a free podcast with no sponsors, so keep it within our budget. <laughs> yeah, I I think because I like sweeter things than soury things, but I appreciate it when I put more mango juice in it. It was pretty good. I feel like kombucha is an acquired taste. Yeah. Kind of like beer is an acquired taste for yeah. people, right? Yeah. I didn't mind it. It was something different from what we usually Normal do so yeah and it's been nice weather this week so we feeling something different it's gorgeous outside today before we get into the fantasy suites with the women matt decides that he needs to have a conversation with his father uh before going forward in his relationship because their relationship is pretty non-existent it's on the rocks yeah Matt's father comes in. I don't know if he was under the impression that this was supposed to be a celebratory thing, and he was there to, invited down to like have a party. Ha- have I, don't a, know. I don't know. Have a have a few laughs with Matt or something. I don't think he anticipated the serious conversation that was coming at him. Not at all, because he came in and his dad was like, "I'm so proud of you and all you've accomplished. I'm not worried about this. I'm so proud of you." Yeah. And then Matt was like, "Hey, you cheated on mom and left, so." Your actions in my childhood have caused me to have a fear of commitment. Um, mm-hmm. I saw you in a negative relationship. Um, I missed out on having a dad. I want to have kids. Yeah, and he sees a dad as someone who shows up and is there and is there to have the tough conversations. And he told his dad, you were not there when I needed you. And his dad wasn't basically because he had left them when Matt and his brother were like two and three years old. And Matt would say how his dad would show up with like shoes and pizza and stuff, but in a very emotional he cried. Inter- side interview, he was like, I didn't need shoes. I didn't need pizza. I needed a dad. I was like, you need to write that into a movie because was, that's lying as You gold. couldn't fake that emotion. That was no, real emotion. That was so real. And his dad got really, really defensive once Matt yeah. brought this stuff up. Very defensive. I can't even imagine. Like, you feel like you're going in for one thing and then you're being confronted with the shitty things you did in your past. That he knows he did. Yeah. And he wasn't prepared for that conversation. And it doesn't sound like him and Matt have those kind of conversations and probably wasn't comfortable doing it with a camera there. No, so I can understand, fair. you know, that human reaction and the, the defensiveness comes first. And he started talking about, like, you want the real story? I'll tell you the real story. My father was killed when I was five. Yeah, he really... <laughs> 
you know? Took that and threw it sideways. He was yeah. like, you should be lucky that you had me show up with shoes and pizza. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because he also didn't have a father figure to look up to or provide that example of how he should be as a yeah. father. Which is know. fair. Which is fair, but also... It doesn't invalidate the fact that Matt didn't have a dad around just yeah. because he wasn't dead. Right? Because you can change it. Like, Matt's choosing to change it. These are all the things I was missing as a dad, so these are all the things I'm going to be as a dad. Not using it as a reason to be like, well, that gives me license to be a shitty father because I didn't have one. But it it does provide a context around what his dad might have gone through. And apparently we learned that it was Matt's mom who left the the home, the relationship and stuff because she was cheated on. Yeah, my assumption is that she found out that the dad was cheating on her and decided to leave. Maybe it just wasn't wasn't a good situation for him being with small children, Mm -hmm. which is fair. Yeah. Um... There was a lot of talk online about, and in the tweets that I saw about this being a really, like, that it was an inappropriate conversation for them to be having on this show, that they shouldn't have been filming it, blah, blah, blah. I feel like people forget, first and foremost, the goal of this show is to have good ratings, to make money. Yeah. It's network television. Yeah. In the time of streaming service being king. There's a reason why they've lasted this long, okay? Yeah. They're going to work any angle that they can. And honestly, they've done worse. Do we not remember Dean's dad from Rachel's season? Yeah. There's been worse conversations. That was 100% worse. I mean, even Peter's mom. Like, I feel like that was much worse. There was a few conversations about it being a negative, perpetuating a negative stereotype of black fathers. If that's the case, that this is what his experience was. Well, yeah. I mean, he committed those actions. And the thing is, is that the stereotype of the black father isn't centered around infidelity. No. It is centered around abandonment, about imprisonment, gang life, and stuff like that. None of that was shown in the interview, or none of that was part of the interview. Um, So he could have been a father, really, of any race and color, and the cheating thing happens across the board. It's not something that is specified to a black father. And I also think it's a good thing to show on this show that there are different relationships, right? Like, Mm -hmm. when you get into a relationship with someone and you're looking at who your in-laws might be, it might not be, like, a lovey, hunky-dory situation, right? In the few cases where we do get a lead or contestants where their family situation isn't the basic nuclear family, those other people you don't get shown a lot. No. Um, and it, you don't get to see that relationship so that they keep it all, you know, pun intended, nice and rosy for the audience. So I like the fact that he he brought his father, I don't know if he brought his father, the production office offered it. He didn't seem surprised no, that his he father didn't. was there. He seemed like he was ready to have this conversation. Yeah. So I, I get the impression that he wanted to have it. So Which is a mature and thing. And obviously they're going to film it because it's fucking obviously. interesting to watch. Obviously. And but I feel like people tend to forget that it's TV. It's still television. It's still television. It's not a, you know, even documentaries twist in a way that makes you see things the way the documentary maker wants you to see them, right? So I I don't know. I didn't see it as, as damaging. I didn't see it as portraying any kind of stereotype. Maybe that's due to my ignorance of it, but, yeah, but I, I didn't even, see it. But even at the end of the conversation, I feel like he made it clear. He was like, hey, I just want to acknowledge that this is why I have these feelings in my own relationships. Right. But I still want you to be a part going forward. Yeah, he's like, like I don't need your excuses or anything like that. I just need you to hear me this this is what it was this is how I felt about it but going forward I want you to be a part of my life and my relationships so if you want that we can work on it 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like and people, his dad apologized. People seem to overreact a little bit to that one, in my opinion. Yeah. Everyone has their own opinion on it, but... There's some things that you don't need to look through a magnifying glass at, and then just let it be as it is. If anything, I would want to hear his mom's side of it. Yeah. Because she was, obviously, the adult at the time, and she was the one in the relationship with the father, so then she could speak to more of that. But in regards to the conversation between Matt and his father, honestly... That's the same conversation that could happen if they were white, if they were Latino, because that happens. The cheating happens and the father leaving and not really being part of the child's life after the divorce happens. It was nice to see something that wasn't just my happy, lovey family. Yeah. It was nice to see something different. And because he's talked about in the show, his how his childhood, seeing his parents' relationship has affected his ability to have relationships. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to see that. I did like the line where his dad was like, I thought we were here to celebrate. And Matt was like, if we were wanted to celebrate, we would go to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> because that was the first one. Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I love it. Have you ever been to Chuck E. Cheese? I have. I hate Chuck E. Cheese. Oh my god, I love Chuck E. Cheese. When as a child, can't stand it. Yes. We had Chuck E. Cheese and we had Jolly Genie. Oh, remember my mom, she took my mom's sister as like two younger girls, they're like elementary age, and a few years ago she took them to Chuck E. Cheese, and my mom snapchatted me from there, Oh gosh. and I was like, oh my god, are you at Chuck E. Cheese? She's like, yes, this great aunt took her nieces to Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. I deserve a fucking award. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of things in my childhood, we didn't do them if my mom didn't like it. Yeah. So it's like Barney, I didn't watch a lot of Barney as a kid, so uh -huh. my mom didn't like it, or like Spongebob. But looking back, I see that. I'm fine with it. It's, yeah. not, it's not damaging, but it's kind of funny to see how it's probably because of what my parents wanted or were cool with watching. It's like me playing baseball as a kid versus a lot of soccer because both my parents like baseball more than soccer. Yeah. And I know that would for sure be me if I had kids with their stuff. 100%. Oh, yeah. My kids are playing hockey and going into dance. That's it. That, that's what they're doing. <laughs> I've already decided. I hope you support them if they decide to do something else. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, but they need to try. But it's the what they need things. to try, yeah. Because uh, honestly, as a Canadian, you need to know how to skate. Because I'm really embarrassed that, again, that I don't. We talked about this before. Can you I'm, not skate at all? I'm like Bambi on ice. I used to be really good, but I'm really out of practice. I and then dance just gives you good balance. And That's it true. just gives you good discipline. And it is an artistic form to get shit out. And, you know, and then hockey is also a way to do that through hockey fighting. All right. So dates. Michelle's up first. Mm-hmm. Okay. So order. That's pants. No, let's go to the order okay, first. Okay, sorry. Matt's sorry. pants. I was getting ahead of myself. I couldn't deal with his pants. <laughs> Jen, go ahead. Let's talk about the order because when Chris walks in and, and puts the card down, Rachel's like, I hope I'm first. And uh, this got me thinking about, oh yeah, the order. I was like, I wonder if there's stats on that. And Rebecca's like, there is. There is. There is an Instagram account called Bachelor Data. Data, mm -hmm. data. Tomato, tomato. And they, they analyze everything. They'll analyze your screen mm -hmm. time for the episode, um, Instagram followers of the contestants. Um, they break down the row ceremonies, who yeah. gets first, second, third. Like, it's a sporting stat event. Like She was like, I wonder if there's a stat on, on the overnight dates of who get, who get, who wins, who gets proposed to, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, there is. Yes. I pulled up this Instagram account. And in the last 10 seasons of The Bachelor... Five of the winners have had the third date. Four of them have had the second date, and only one has had the first date. Right. And that was Peter's season. It was Hannah Ann's, and they broke up basically right away. You don't want the first date, apparently. You want so, the third date. Those are not great odds for our favorite, Michelle. 
No. Because Michelle gets the first one. And then, so this got us thinking about, like, what would we, like, where would we want to be in the order uh, if we were to get chosen? Would we want to be first and then leave kind of that impression, that very first one, and have him, like, I don't know how to like the reference, like, clean, you know? Like, he hadn't just been with the other women. As long as I get a clean STD panel on date three, I wanted to come in the date card. (laughs) Yeah. With the key to the Nemecolon suite, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. To the, the key to the windmill, I want the clean STD test. So then you go and you can just chillax and, and maybe stress about the other two dates, but, you know, leave that first impression. Or do you want to be last where, you know, you leave that last impression? Or do you want to be second? Uh, I, I didn't say second because both of us agreed we, we don't no, want to be the middle child um, because, A, he's just coming off of the first date and probably still thinking about that one. B, he has another girl to go to and is now thinking of that one. So his ability to be present to the middle person is probably not great. If it's anything like this episode, Mm -hmm. you get a shitty date out of it. Yeah. So I think last. I think we'd want to be last. Yeah. Uh, You know, leave that that last. And I think also, too, like for the week, I think it'd be easier to like just be like stressed all week, whatever, Mm -hmm. but then get your date at the end versus like have your date first and then be like stress for the rest of the week. Yeah, and then, like, have nothing to do but sit and stew in your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather sit and stew beforehand instead of overthink my date for a week. Yeah, unfortunately, Rachel um, did not share our view of that having to go last. But we have Michelle first. The pants! Okay, now you can talk about the pants. Okay, (laughs) I'm sorry. Matt walked up wearing fucking straight leg, ankle-length jeans. If you just showed him for the knee down, you would have thought it was Michelle. Super skinny. They were very tight. Skinny. They panned up. The bulge yeah. was rampant. <laughs> you go. Plotting. You go. She's but that Snaps. can't be comfortable. I have to be comfortable with that. I don't know. There. I don't. We both don't. I don't have a penis. You don't have a penis. No, I know. But I, I can. Like when we get camel toe, that's uncomfortable. It's right? true. So like, like you I need, can't imagine. I love. More a, I love a good pair of skinny jeans. I still love them. Love a good straight leg jean. If they can fit I over need them our to be, I need them to be our butt. I need them to be high. With, that's the thing. Yeah. Is it's like a pair of pants will be too big in the waist and too tight on my butt. I hate yeah. that. Yeah. But if they fit well, but they can't be like up your up your cooch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. They were up his cooch. They, they were up. <laughs> I think his balls went from two to one. <laughs> it looks so tight. They just like went back up in there. Well, you they know? should have put the explicit rating on this episode. Unless a unless a dry clean top. Maybe him it was maybe it was cold and then a colon. He was like shrinkage. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. Uh, they're gonna have a spa day. Which Not sounds just really a spa nice. day. Sounds really a nice. traditional Pennsylvania Dutch spa day. Yeah. Which I want a spa day. A spa day would be nice. You're getting one. Well, I'm gonna go. Well, kind of go to the bath. It's nice. Don't tell the people. We're not supposed to be traveling. Don't tell the people. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going anywhere. She's taking a bath in her own bathtub. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not flying anywhere. Just so you know, I'm not oh, going no. out of the province. I'm no. staying local. Bonnie Henry said Whistler is local. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they go in, and this spa has a milk bath, an oatmeal foot scrub box, and they get to smear butter all over each other and smack each other with ferns. That was the weirdest part for me was when they laid on the table and there was just a pile of butter. At first I thought it was like white chocolate fudge or something. Like, oh, this is kind of nice, little treat. And then it was butter and I was like... are they basting each other? I was confused from the from the get go. Yeah, it was a large a large sum of butter. It seemed weird. It looked like they just went to the local croaker and like unwrapped a bunch of sticks of butter and just <laughs> the bachelor budget butter. <laughs> Did they were rubbing butter on each other. Michelle's bathing suit was cute though. Yeah, they were both wearing white too, and I was like, I don't know how, how virginal. <laughs> That's not, 
Is that going to come clean afterwards? No. The yeah. grease stains. There was a grease stains. Yeah. They had fun with it. I mean. And then they get dressed. Matt puts on his turtleneck. Um, Michelle talks about her parents being in love and how she sees love. And it's a very mature way of seeing love. Yeah. I, I really appreciated this because it, it wasn't just about falling in love or being in love at the beginning, but staying in love throughout the relationship how that can change as you grow with each other and go through life changes with each other. Because having kids changes the kind of love you're going to be able to do. You're not going to be able to do date nights and sexy nights all like five times a week. You yeah. know, you're going to have to fit it in and schedule it in. And how do you keep that fire and that passion burning for each other? And how it's and not how always the love, just like a flame, you know? And how the love evolves as you age and over the years. Yeah. Right? Or, or doesn't because that and that's I think where people get stuck and that was my thing too in my marriage is that we didn't grow together and we didn't figure out how to love each other as we were going through different stages and we didn't even have kids and we were later in life right I got married when I was 27 so you know it wasn't when I was 24 and never had been in love and still trying to figure my shit out it's like I was 27, had multiple degrees, had a career going. We grew apart because we grew in different directions and we didn't know that love was no longer working for us. Yeah. So we didn't hang on to the fact that we had fallen in love and were in love at the start. We'd become different people. That was such a mature, refreshing way to look at it because we're always so inundated with the like passionate, fiery, falling in love and it's exciting and da 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 da. That's not that you're that's gonna burn out that doesn't stay there steady like that and i feel like because michelle was talking about her parents as an example and i know like my parents Mm -hmm. are they've been married for 30 years i think now this summer so i feel like i resonate with her talking about her parents Mm -hmm. kind of love and it's like i've seen how my parents have grown over the years but for matt he didn't have that example right he didn't have that example not even just from like his mom and dad but doesn't look like his mom remarried no it seems like his mom from all the conversations has been very like love isn't the only thing yeah which is true yeah. But I feel like when he's in a situation of trying to find a partner, it doesn't seem very supportive. Well, and that's something that also kind of needs to be examined, right? Not just his father's role in how he views his relationships, but his mom, because his mom was the one who brought him up. So if she was hurt so badly by what the father did that she then pushed away love and didn't invite it into her life and was like, I'm better off without it. I have my kids to raise. That's also not a great example of how to let love in. But I love how Michelle was like, she was very validating of his experience. It was very, it was very mature. She's like, even though I had a great experience, the fact that you, you know, you didn't have that same thing, that's still valid. That's still okay. You still bring a lot to the table even though your family life wasn't I- the ideal one. We were trying to wrap our heads around, like, how does he choose someone? And spoiler alert, but it's not really a spoiler alert, because if you're in this it franchise, seems, it you seems already like know. He's picking it seems like he's picking Rachel. So, like, how do you choose someone that's on that level when you have someone that like Michelle on her level? And it's because Matt emotionally and relationship wise is on Rachel's level yeah because he has that inexperience with relationships and with being in love and never really being heartbroken he's in the same realm as Rachel even though their ages are different than Michelle so Michelle is actually on a higher level he doesn't know how to handle that maturity yeah they flash to to Rachel in the house and how she like feels ill thinking of Michelle and Matt together Mm -hmm. because that's the other thing too it shows like Rachel's not mature enough to even handle the situation Whereas Mm -hmm. Brie and Michelle are like, you know, this is what we signed up for. This is what the situation is. The show's been on for like 20 years. Rachel 
pulled a Maddie without the backup of the, the faith. Yeah. Thing. Right. Yeah, because last yeah, on Peter's season, right? When Maddie was like, I'm not comfortable with this because of my faith and blah 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 blah. Yeah. It's like, did you not see the windmill thing? Right. <laughs> um but also she was really focusing on the physical aspect of the overnight. And yeah, okay, the tough conversations, but a lot of it was the physical part. Yeah. The relationship and a connection goes beyond that initial physical attraction. Like that can't sustain a relationship. But that's what it feels like Matt has for her and maybe her for him in return I don't know yeah she was just getting a little too antsy about it and it just wasn't warranted um and then we go back Michelle tells him that that she loves him Mm -hmm. he kisses her which is the physical equivalent of thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. they probably told him to stop doing that because all his responses are like or like when you send an email through gmail or like get one and respond and it gives you an auto response Mm -hmm. that's Matt they go to the fantasy suite I'm assuming they bang. Oh, it looks like it. The way they were making out on the bed, it kind of, yeah. They go to next morning. She leaves. Matt is like, oh, from the balcony, like a Michelle. Romeo and Juliet moment. I love when Michelle walks into the house and Rachel's like, what did y'all do? What, what did she expect Michelle to say? We rubbed butter on each other and then we had sex. Yeah. <laughs> You could tell, it's like, why did you ask if you know you didn't want to know? Because it's one of those things where, like, you want to know, but you don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Number two. Brie. This poor girl. Oh, my gosh. Even she... her hometown, even her hometown date sucked balls. Gets the worst dates out of the whole entire thing. I feel like all they did for her hometown, too, was, like, you know, the in the opening credits of Full House from back in the day? Yeah. They're, like, they have a picnic in front of the Painted Ladies in San Francisco. Yeah. And they're, like, you're from San Francisco. You all must love having picnics on hills. I don't know. Like, the first day, she gets, like, almost crippled by being rolled over on an ATV. Second date, she gets a picnic in the hills. And then now she has to go camping and trek her own sleeping bag and bag. And, like, honestly, I thought they were going to arrive at, like, a tent. Yeah. Like, like some sort of, like, yurt situation that had been like, set up. Like, like a glamping, like, you know, no. nice. No, they gotta pitch their own Coleman two person. <laughs> like, I and none of neither one of them had been camping before. I think they said so. It was like it was pretty bad. And then they made s'mores and talked. Brie looked unimpressed with this date. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of thought that went into this, and just from that alone, you can be like, you're going home. Because if you were someone that he was going to really keep around, he would have done something more special for you. And, like, because she's not even the outdoorsy type. It's no. not like she's from that kind she's of She's from San Francisco. It's, like, entirely yeah. concrete. I don't know where in his mind he thought that would be appropriate for her. Um, we go to the dinner date. Brie looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Dress suited her very well. Mm-hmm. Matt's basically having the same conversation with each girl that he talked to his dad. They both can, again, relate on this issue because she didn't have a father around in her life either. Yeah. So she's 100% ready for an engagement and she's in love with him. Matt had a tiny bit more emotion with this one. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, then they went to the fantasy suite. Yeah. And they, they did it, I'm assuming. Probably. Oh, no, it wasn't very memorable. <laughs> it, it wasn't. Poor Brie. I, I don't know if it's because we pretty much knew she was going home. And so we're like, we don't really need to pay much attention to this date because you're already going home. And we got spoilers that, you know, she has already unfollowed all of Bachelor Nation and stuff like that. So, you know, she's, she's trying to get her job back. She's calling her boss. She's busy. And then she goes home. And Rachel's having a panic attack. It's the calmest panic attack I've ever seen. 
Yeah, but, um, like, she's really, ha- she's having, like, a very muted freak out. Yeah. It's really kind of weird. Like, mm-hmm. their women are talking, and you can see Brie and Michelle, the look on their faces is so unimpressed, because Rachel's crying about this. She's whining about having to go last, and that she hasn't had an opportunity to talk to him about serious things like they have already, but I'm like... It's your turn. It's it's your turn. Like, you're getting this one-on-one. It's not like a week where you're not getting a one-on-one. I don't understand what the freak out and whining is that they got to go first. You know, she's not used to being picked last. No, she's not. She's a, she is 100% the pick-me girl who gets picked. Yeah. I like how Matt's like, I hope Rachel's soaked for today. And then Rachel just looks like she just walked out of, like, a really bad session with her therapist. Yeah. Like, she hasn't worked through shit. No. She And she's dressed like she put on, like, a kid's t-shirt that ripped at the, t- at the tummy. Yeah. It was, it was a look. It was it was a not a great look, and she looked like she was cold, because it's cold there. I don't understand She looked cold and sad. And then they showed up for the ceramic studio. Like, it was ghost. Yeah. They had a really long hug, too. That that hug was unbearably long. That just, you know, gives more credence to the fact that she's the winner. Yeah. And then they start doing pottery, and they're, like, covered in clay. She says she needs to have a talk with him first, so they go have a talk. I just, I don't understand why this moment is picked to have this heart-to-heart when she has all of dinner... She has this whole overnight that's not going to be on camera, right? So what you choose to talk to him about in this moment, you know it's going to be captured on camera versus the overnight part, right? And so it was, like, it was like, just kind of, like, the boring, lame stuff. It was, like, I need to be reassured. It was the insecurity. It was, I'm insecure. And he was, like, I need to know you still have these feelings for me. I'm, like, that's your final three. He was, like, I like you. And she was, like, yay. And then they made pottery together. And yeah. they made out. Why does he have so much affection for this girl? I will never understand. The lust is so strong. He had all of these nice qualities to say about her that we didn't get to hear him say about Michelle and Brie. Yeah. He's like, she's so well-spoken. She's so articulate. She's so funny. She's so smart. And we're watching and we're going, huh? What? Articulate. I'm sorry, you just had a date with Michelle. (laughs) Who's a legitimate teacher. (laughs) And like, she's talking about validating his feelings about his dad rachel's like i'm sad because i don't know if you love me yeah and then he's like oh which is really all we've got to see she's a she's a road scholar it's so weird he has to have these rose colored glasses oh 100 he's like he's so enamored by her the lust is so real It's, it's like a high school crush when you're like i'm in love with the quarterback because he is so handsome and so athletic and so this and so that in reality he's just a dumb jock but yeah. you're like, I'm in love. Yeah. And in two years, you're going to look back and be like, what was I doing? So on that point, like, him and Rachel are definitely on exactly the same, on the same page. <laughs> it finishes with her getting fireworks. fireworks. Bree had to pitch her own tent and trek through the woods to her date. And she just said she does not like the outdoors. And Rachel got fireworks and michelle had to you know put her feet in oatmeal and rub butter all over herself and rachel got fucking fireworks so again guess who the winner is as much as we hope that it's not so i'm assuming that they fuck oh and there's no morning after for rachel either which was uh weird because they always do a morning after for everybody. I hope it's not one of those things where they're like, oh, there's just not enough time, so we're not showing it. I'm like, no, you sure for the other two. Why are you yeah, not showing I did it like that? Rachel's like when the fireworks started. She goes, babe, fireworks. Oh, God. I cringed so hard. I cringed so hard. Babe. I could hear babe. like the hair twirl. The trill. It was the ghost of Claire. Babe, fireworks. <laughs> he just showed up for me. Yeah. What's yeah. next? 
babies. <laughs> Something Rachel was saying is like, I hope he goes out in the middle of the night and gets a ring and then just proposes to me. I'm like, I wake up and it's on my finger. I was like, is that why they didn't show the morning after? <laughs> she's just, she's in a Disney show. She is this girl, Disney. This girl is living in a, in a decom original. And, and not like recent Disney, but like the classic princesses. She is Cinderella, high pitched voice she and all, talking to mice and shit. Her Disney princess marriage fantasy, and when she does get married, she's not gonna know what to do because they didn't make a movie about that. Yeah. So she, you know what she is? If, if you ever Princess and the Frog, yes. Do you know the blonde? Oh my god, Southern Belle. Is. That's who Rachel is, hundred percent, because she's obsessed Ooh. with the fairy tale. That's who Rachel is, Ooh. except not as endearing of a character. Then we cut yeah. to Michelle's Fabulous. her arms. Oh my god. Fabulous Girl cut on drop. the dress. I want to see her on a feature on like Shape magazine. I want the workout routine. Mm-hmm. And then they then they flip to Brie. We both Ooh. audibly gasped. Yes. She looks so good. And it, was, it was such a femme fatale. The way that it was cut and draped on her body and just like looked, it was painted on her. Her hair was back. And I was like, woo. Like, Michelle and Brie looked so good. So good. And this man had the audacity <laughs> to look at Rachel and be like, that's it. Who walked in in a uh, eggplant <laughs> velvet gown with a back panel of fabric Here's that shouldn't thing. have been there. The dress needed to not have that back panel. Yes. It should have committed to being that deep ass crack kissing back neckline. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Her hair needed to be up. Yeah, she just she wore has it straight a, down has, with the middle part. She has a pretty she face. She's got nice cheekbones. Show yeah, the collarbone. Yeah. Show the cheekbones. Have it back. You know what I mean? It was very everyday. Yeah. There wasn't something special about it. No, like whereas, like, shape. Brie and Michelle looked amazing. <clears throat> Michelle gets the first rose. If we didn't know spoilers and all that other stuff, rumors, we would think that is a good indication of him feeling confident in the relationship, and that's why he's given her the first one a few times now. The other two are the ones he's not as sure about, and that, you know, Rachel gets the second rose, which, you know, it's the warning rose, so, like, the last one. That's what we hope for. We still have that little... I just, you can see it. You can see that Michelle is the right choice. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they could grow together, they would have a beautiful life together. Such a beautiful life. Gorgeous people. Mm-hmm. Their children would be, if they decided to have children, it would be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those cases where someone is so perfect for someone and everyone is yelling at them like, this is the person you need to choose. And they go in a totally different direction. I know he has to choose for himself, but again, it's looking, just, at, looking it's at that just idea. Just for me, love. seeing Rachel's complete lack of emotion towards mm-hmm. any of it, besides crying, like, and not even real tears. We were talking about this. Yeah. It's it's all the emotional stuff you do to, like, get yourself to cry without the emotional place. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like the actions to kind of get yourself into, like, I'm sad without, like, it in your gut. And if we were strictly just going by the show, and not looking at their lives outside of it or before it, we have such a better sense of who Michelle is as a person versus Rachel. She's much more, and she's more mature, and she's more Mm well-rounded. She seems to have a whole life for herself outside of this. Which is great, because with any relationship, you need to maintain your independent identity. You don't just amalgamate with the person that you're with. And I feel like that's something Rachel would do because we, again, we don't see what she has going for herself outside of this. We don't, she never talks about her job. She doesn't talk about her interests. She doesn't talk about her hobbies. She doesn't talk about anything else that she does. It's not appropriate to talk about her love of racially charged social events on the 
Bachelor. We just, we don't get a sense of who she is as a person. No, she, she strikes me as, like, an Instagram influencer who just got, like, this mm-hmm. far into the story, you know? And he walks Brie out, and she's kind of too emotional to talk too much about it, and she's like, you know, it sucks that I might not see you again, but she was very, the way it goes. Very classy about it, though. Like, very, just the exit classy. was, like, the classiest exit I've seen. And it goes back to what her mom said, right? Like, if you get heartbroken, we're going to work through it. We're going to get past it. And I think that's her thinking, like, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Regardless of, of this, like, I, I know I'll be okay. I've been okay when this has happened to me in the past. And I'll be okay again. It sucks that I won't get to see you, but that's the way this the whole thing goes. It's true. It was, again, very mature. It was a good exit. So that's the episode. That was it. Yeah, we get some spoilers for next week. I'm excited for next week. I'm excited to see what happens. If he proposes yeah. to someone, if he doesn't propose to someone. There's a lot of speculation of whether he actually does propose or if he just continues to date. And I'm, I'm interested if he doesn't propose and it is Rachel that like he picks because she's like ready. Totally I feel in. like she's a person who sees that like the big engagement ring is like like a social oh for sure status thing. Yeah. Right? And if she goes through this and doesn't get engaged, it's like what's her status? And she's probably seen what's happened in the past where the final contestant doesn't get proposed to and it's just being dated outside the franchise and it's like well but does that mean you don't actually see it with me like and with her insecurities already kind of there so yeah interested to see what happens next week we're gonna get a little fancier next week yes get a bottle of prosecco or something for it we're gonna maybe dress up a little who knows who knows Ooh. I love you that know, because not only is it final paper, it's after the final rose. Yeah. Which is a pretty big a deal this time because Chris Harrison will not be the host of it. Emmanuel Ocho. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's really, really good. Yeah. It'll be a, a definitely a different feel to it. Okay. Who do you think's going to be Thanks. the Bachelorette? I don't want to believe the Katie rumors, but I'm, I'm inclined to because they never do what we think they should do. I'm so mad. If Kate is, I'm going to be so upset. You know, as our listeners know, we are very team Abigail. Michelle. And we're very team Michelle. The rumor going around is that they're going to have back-to-back Bachelorette seasons with Paradise being in the middle of them. And that Michelle is going to be the second Bachelorette. And she wants to film in the summer so that she doesn't have to leave her students again. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens because yeah. I mean, if that's the case, we're getting a lot in the next couple months. We'll be getting a lot. One, So if, if the rumors are true, yes. we're getting Katie's season of The Bachelorette, mm-hmm. the American season of Bachelor in Paradise, yes. Michelle's season of The Bachelorette, yes. and the Canadian season of Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. Which apparently they're putting American alumni on. Because I, yeah, we were wondering, how are they even going to fill it? It's been a while I since saw the some, I version. saw some Instagram posts being like, which Bachelor alum would you like on the show? So I'm assuming they're going to mix both, probably to get people to watch it. Aha. Uh-huh. Assuming. So like, I'm thinking I might, like, we might see some of the Canadians on it. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if Serena maybe ended up on it mm-hmm. in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, McKenna from yeah. Pilot Pete season. There was another Canadian um, this season as well. Yeah, that, that one. Too. We won't remember their name. I don't know. Let's call her Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call her Hannah. Let's call her Jessica. Uh. <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> if she ends up well on there, we'll know her name again. Lots of lots of content coming at you. Yeah, We're so excited. we will be be quite busy. Yeah, and I think we got a couple that. special episodes planned. Yes, yeah, we, we got do. the Claire episode planned. We got yeah. maybe a couple interview episodes planned. Get excited, folks! Get excited! We're not going anywhere. Just a couple more follow ups and tidbits. 
for those of you who are curious about how the whole Chris Harrison thing is continuing to develop, he did have an interview on um, one of the morning shows with Michael Strahan. He got his another, whatever it was, 15 minutes to say his apology and how wrong he was and how he shouldn't have done this, this, this. And at the end, Michael Strahan was like, those are great words. And, you know, what actions? I don't know about the actions that I would see from this guy. Uh, I kind of felt the same way. I didn't even bother to watch it, honestly, because from the clips that I saw, he was looking down a lot, which means he was reading off of cards or a script. Even if he wrote the script, the fact that he was doing that really and not maintaining that eye contact, for me, it just, again, looked at a way for him to save face after the fact. Yeah. I don't feel like he did went and did any real work and then came back and did this interview. So we'll see how that continues to develop. And then uh, the other follow-up is with uh, Taylor Nolan, who we talked uh, quite extensively about in the last episode a new development for that one she's being investigated by the department of health of the state of washington of inappropriate things she tweeted about her clients right. um there was tweets about how ugly her clients teeth were that and all the things about mental health and yeah. so there there is an investigation going on it's not clear yet whether complaints have come from her actual patients but she is she isn't being investigated as she should be they need to see if there has been any foul play or inappropriateness going on since those tweets have happened because those in of, a, of themselves i don't see being a factor her being uh, losing her license but they're going to now look closer at what her practices have been and she's probably going to be supervised a lot closer now too there's going to be someone you know overseeing her notes or you know looking yeah. at her practice so that needs to happen those checks and balances need to be there she might just like feel like she can just leave the counseling profession and and be fine with her other avenues yeah of income um yeah so i saw on one of the data things that she makes about nineteen thousand dollars a month on her only fans quite so substantial. it's a lot of money but quite substantial so i i hope that it's not that's not the case where she feels like she can just leave it and survive off of other forms of income because that's not really learning from your actions. That's just escaping them. Hopefully we might have further updates on that next week for our next episode. Also, they're still talking about Claire and Dale, but now they don't have future plans to be with each other. I thought they were moving to Florida. <laughs> so I don't maybe, know. Maybe Dale's party city <laughs> modeling career is too important. I don't, I don't understand. Like, they're trying way too hard to maintain their literally 15 minutes on The Bachelor fame. And so, so we will continue to judge Claire yeah. and that whole situation. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're mm-hmm. listening, please give us a follow at The Batch Podcast on Instagram. If you like the episodes, we'd love if you would subscribe, rate mm-hmm. it, like it, share it with anyone you know who loves the show. Yes. Um, we really appreciate your listening now that we've had 100 official listens to our podcast, Woo-hoo. which is very exciting for us. We'll see you all next week. Let the journey continue. Oh, she got it. <laughs> <laughs>